Hello out there. Welcome to Wait, I'm Processing with me, Queen Ashleen. We're just Ashleen because we're friends. Um, welcome back to my show where I process my life and talk with you guys about it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> thank you for being here with me in my squeaky chair. You'll probably hear a lot of it because I like to rock back and forth. I like to move, you know... Um, I like to smoke weed. I'm in a little bowl here, so you know that that means this conversation's gonna get interesting. Honestly, I don't really have um a specific thing to talk about. I'm just felt like I should audio journal pretty much. So, um, what's been going on the last couple days? Oh, Mara's whole binky thing from my first episode, if you guys haven't listened to, or if you haven't listened to that, or if you have listened to that, like, here's the update. Um, she, so it's been, like, it's been weird. She's been doing okay, like, she understands, like, she has this concept that she is a big girl now, and she doesn't need her binky. And she's been telling my family that she's a big girl, especially, like, right around her nap time, and she didn't need her binky. And I guess when she went to my mom's house the other day, she slept – well, I, we don't know if she actually slept there. Um, but she didn't cry out for her binky. She was able to entertain herself for a while. And then the last couple of days here with me, she really hasn't napped, but she has just kind of kept herself entertained for the duration of her nap time. And, um, so that's kind of, like, creating, been creating problems the last couple nights with her being really tired. And when she gets really tired, she gets really hyper. And then she gets worked up. And then she melts down just because she's, like, too wound up all of a sudden and doesn't know how she got there because she's just too tired to even figure that out. So, um, there's been a lot of meltdown well not yeah I mean definitely more than normal amount of meltdown um the last couple nights which has been rough and it's another like one of those things where it's like at some point she's at this at a level where she can't even like even no matter what we say to her she won't even be able to comprehend like she's just like so fixated on whatever you know, trigger that she's freaking out about at that moment. And you just have to, like, fucking let it ride and figure out, like, strategize your way in to help reel it all back in. And not everybody is good at that. Like, I can recognize my partner. He just, he gets frustrated and he doesn't know what to do. And it's not that he just, you can kind of just feel, I, I can feel his tension rise a little bit, which is when I step in and try to, um, hear her and empathize with her knowing, like, you know, thinking what it would be to be two and to have my favorite things taken away and to be learning this new thing and not to be getting enough sleep. And, you know, I'm just kind of able to get in her head a little bit more and figure out how to get her out of it. I've, I'm pretty good at, at eventually, like you, you, I don't know, I guess you find, you start to sense, maybe it's mother's intuition, but you get to sense that little opening, the crack in whatever the, the tantrum is about. 
where you can like weasel your way in and get the focus on something else. Tomorrow, um, Theo, my baby, goes to my mom's house and Mara will stay with me. And those are fun days together because, uh, you know, we don't have to worry about the baby. We're not um, beholden to his nap schedule, so we don't have to be home in the morning and in the afternoon for nap times. You know, like we, she and I can go out to uh, a big park and walk around or we can go to... I don't know. We could. We just have a lot more options. She and she and is an independent enough that we can go do things where it's hard to do that with Theo and her together. So I just noticed that um, that when she when she and I get to be alone together, she knows that she gets to do. Um certain things that we only do when like Theo is napping or when Theo's not around like arts and crafts I don't we don't do arts and crafts when Theo's awake right now just because it's he wants to get into it and he doesn't know what he's doing yet he just wants to like suck on the markers and obviously that's not that's not what we're doing <laughs> so she knows when Theo's not here when she goes to grandma's house when he yeah when he goes to grandma's house or when and she gets to hang out with me by herself that we get to do fun things so I was able to pull her out of her tantrum by letting her know that tomorrow it's just going to be me her and me and we can do something fun I had this whole um arts and crafts thing planned like I I wanted to do Christmas cards with her where she got to like color the card and then we'd write a little message inside and drop them off to some of our or mail them to some of our friends and family and I just like we never found the time to make that happen so I kind of want to do I mean it doesn't have like I feel like it doesn't have to be Christmas to do the card you know it can just be a new year it doesn't have to even have to be like associated with a holiday it can just be like a hi I'm thinking of you and we love you card so that's what I'm kind of thinking about doing with her tomorrow is like just letting her get go hard in the paint and paint a bunch of cool little cards and then we will write messages to people and either drop them off or mail them. So that'll be really fun. She loves, she's such a little, cre a creative little being. It's amazing. Just, just watching her learn. I truly believe that both her and my son, and I think me, like, I think that this is true. Maybe this is true of everybody. I don't know. But at least from what I observe watching my kids and then um, applying that to myself or, like, in, you, obviously all I can really speak on is my own experience. So, oh, shit, what was I saying? Oh, I was saying that I noticed that I feel like people say that kids or I don't think people learn things. I don't think anything is new information. I, I think that we are remembering things more than anything else. Like w observing my kids, watching Mara learn how to speak, for example. Like it was just she has such advanced language skills and it's like watching her just remember how to say these words or put this syntax together more so than it's her learning something new you know and even like when she learned to walk it was like she just had to get her body she just had to teach her she just had to figure out how to make her little body her baby body walk she just had to figure out how to make that happen and when she could figure out how to master her little baby body into walking it was like 
she like immediately knew how to walk and run and have fun. So, and I kind of noticed the same, I definitely noticed the same thing for Theo. I mean, he's, as he gets older and starts and like the lights turn on more, you know, he, I see him remembering things and it's much more than I never knew this and now I've learned it. It's, I knew this once. That looks familiar. I, what is it? Like, why do I remember this? And then it's, it just like clicks and you remember. And I kind of feel like that's true for me too. Like, mm, or is it? I don't know because part of the problem with me is that I avoid doing new things because I don't like to do things that I'm not good at. So if I'm not good at it in the first like day, I'm probably not going to continue with it, which, you know, like there's like things to be said about both ways. Like just you could just go down that path, which is great and just like continue to excel at things that you're already good at. Or if you're good at it quickly and you've never picked it up before, or you've like you've never done it before, but you pick it up really quickly, maybe that means that you have done that. You have mastered that skill in a previous life, you know, in a previous incarnation. And now all you're doing is remembering how to do it. You know? Like that's you know? Doesn't that make sense? Does that not just make sense? That you've already mastered the skill in a past life. So things that come naturally and easily to you in this life are probably just things that you've already known and you're remembering how to do it. Okay, fuck. Here we go. Time to smoke a bowl. We're here. We've made it. I am enjoying the... the strain Platinum Jelly. Um, yeah, Platinum Jelly by Nature's Reserve in Washington. Um, I've really been enjoying them. They're $16.25 an eighth. And it's excellent outdoor weed. Like, it's fantastic. It's very flavorful and delicious. And if you're in Washington State and you smoke weed, I highly recommend Nature's Reserve. Um, But yeah, so that is my thought. Okay, so... Since we're getting to know each other, let me just state that I definitely believe in past lives. I believe that our souls incarnate again and again to learn different lessons. And depending on what you learned in a past life, it can affect on what have an effect on what your future lives can be. Um, yeah, and I believe that traumatic things that have happened in your past life can fully affect your current life. This life that, you know, me as Ashleen, that I'm experiencing now. And I mean, I've never done past life regression per se. I've had my Akashic Records records read and I've opened them myself before. Um... But I have not, like, super connected to any specific past lives of my own. Um, I think it's something that I kind of want to, like, egotistically, egoically, I want to just, like, know more about my own past lives. Um, So that may be coming. We'll see. But, um, 
yeah, I fully believe that past lives have influence on our current life and our future lives. And, but it, I mean, it goes both ways. Even like traumas from your past life may negatively affect you, but the things that you have mastered and excelled at in your past lives can affect you positively in this life. You know, like I was, I was, I've been like, I'd like to dance. I like, I I did dance, I took dance lessons when I was little, but I more or less, I basically had stage fright and I never wanted to perform. And we never, like, I, I don't know, we stopped taking dance lessons after a while, but it was always like fun to dance. And I just enjoy dancing. And I've been thinking recently about trying to find, um, like, an adult dance studio that does online, like, virtual classes, um, which totally exists now in this age of corona, which is super cool. Um, and But, yeah, I've been thinking about, like, wanting to do more body work and just, like, moving my body and... Um, Dancing has come up, and I, like, have been thinking about wanting to take these dance lessons. And then I was watching this show today on Netflix, and it's a period show from, I think, Victorian England. I'm not exactly sure. But, yeah, probably, like, 1800s England. Um, 1700s? I'm honestly not really sure. But um, they were doing these dances, and they were dancing these jigs and... um, the music just felt so familiar to me and it was I mean it was it was like bagpipes and violins or like a fiddle and um it probably wasn't a fiddle it was probably a violin because it was like the queen's court it was the show Bridgerton if anybody's seen that it's like it's a full-on romance novel but I was so into romance novels as a teenager and this is like totally scratching that itch anyway they're dancing to this music and I just like find myself dancing along to it like I knew like I know the steps I mean obviously I'm not matching the steps that are in the show or anything but I'm just like it is like like spontaneously comes forth through my body these like jig movements and it just feels so natural and I just had this thought I was like huh I wonder if I was I wonder if I was like a dance or I wonder if I danced a lot in a past life. I wonder like this feels like a jig that I had done in the same time period or earlier. You know, it doesn't matter when it was, but like these kind of um, folksy jigs, you know, it was just like something that came out of my body. And I thought maybe this is a past life and or this is from a past life. And then it just got me thinking more and more about how we can access those abilities from our past lives and this is actually something that I've been thinking about in general through my like uh spirituality work through some of my like meditations and shamanic journeying is that uh you know the movie The Matrix how Neo he like plugs back in and he downloads the ability to like, all of these abilities, like, fly helicopter, like, he's done all, all of these abilities, and then Morpheus comes in, and he opens his eyes, and he's like, oh, I know kung fu, and Morpheus is like, show me, and then they do kung fu. I have a theory that I have not tested out yet, but my theory is that 
we as as souls that are connected to the source capital s source the collective consciousness if all of these abilities are out there that all we really need to do is to pick up on their energetic frequency my theory is that if you sit in meditation and like hone in on the activity that you want um what whatever ability that you want to download i mean i think that things like superhuman abilities like flying or or telepathy like these ones may need a little bit more work because i think that while i while i do think that we are capable of superhuman abilities i think that we have a lot of programmings and blocks that are blocking us from accessing those things and but i think like especially abilities and skills that we have mastered in past lives i feel like we can um connect to those frequencies probably the easiest and so if i decided that i wanted to become like a folk dancer i feel like if i were to sit in meditation and and learn how to match the frequency of that jig dancer then that is essentially the downloading of the ability and then in practice, the practice is teaching my meat suit, my 3D physical body, to do the movements, uh, to do the movements. You know, it's just, it, it's, that's what, that's where the work comes in. That's where the practice part of it comes in, um, where the practice is just teaching this body how to do the motions. Um, I think that's, I think it's as simple as that. I think it's, I mean, think about like what people talk about, um, visualization. You know, if you visualize something, you will get it. If you match the frequency through visualization, which I guess is what I'm literally saying, but yeah, if you visualize what you want and sit with it and match the vibration of it, then you can essentially download it and then it's just a matter of making your body practice the motions i think i've literally said the same thing like three or four times in a row but i just for some reason the thought is wild to me and yet it just makes sense like this is what we do this is what basketball players do when they learn to play basketball i remember when i was little i don't know fourth grade whatever elementary school when i did like elementary school hotshot basketball I remember like practicing with my dad one time and he was like okay be visual I think we're shooting free throws and he was like okay from just imagine think about what like a snake does when it when it um, like bursts forth to strike something it like unfurls its body and um, and hits its target and that's what you need to do when you're shooting free throws it's about bringing it up bringing the ball up through your feet through your hips visualize like visualize yourself doing this he says he's like and then visualize yourself doing the follow-through and making the basket and it going right in and literally I kid you not I made like the next I I made the next shot for sure. And then I'm pretty sure I like increased my average after that. But it really was like a matter of just sitting there and visualizing it and then letting my body learn the motion. And so I think that that's like truly what 
they say about so many sports. You know, sports is, is an easy one because there's so many examples of sports that we can visualize, that we can, like, use as visualization tools. Like, we have so much of that in our face. Uh, you know, people play sports all the time. They succeed in sports, and they show off how they succeed in sports. So it's really easy for kids to, like, visualize whatever sport they want to play. They, like, idolize their favorite athlete. They think about what the athlete does. They, like, analyze what the athlete does. And then if they play, if they're an athlete themselves and they also play, then they're taking the things that they have learned, like the ability that, you know, from watching their favorite sport, watching their player, they're taking that knowledge and integrating it into themselves. And then, and then at practice, they're practicing these skills and teaching their body how to make these same moves. And, and so some people who are like, who already ex excel and exceed, there are some people who it just, it clicks with and they just continue to do great things and they rise to the top in that sport. You know, that's, that story happens every single day. But when you talk about things like, I don't know, magic or uh, superhuman powers, things that the media has told us are lies or are in our heads or just our imagination. I have a lot to say about the phrase just our imagination. I think it's the greatest lie that society has ever told us is that anything in your imagination is not real. And But I'll probably go into that an entire episode later. <sighs> that that one really triggers me. But, okay, what was I saying? Imagination. Um, I don't remember what I was saying. But, uh, yeah, using visualization to download your ability, to be able to do it. Oh, yeah, okay, athletes do this all the time. People have told us that things like magic and... Um, shamanic journeying or inner or like astral travel or lucid dreaming like people tell us that these abilities are either some gift that you were given at birth that you and only you that, that, that only certain people get to access this gift whatever the superhuman ability may be so but ordinary people quote unquote normal people can't achieve that you know, but imagine if we had, it, imagine if we had, um, I mean, I don't want to say celebrities, but let's just use that word, celebrity spiritualists who were teaching us, who were examples of uh, beings that astral travel or beings that, I don't know, work with certain spirits or <clears throat> in ways that little kids like me when I was a kid were would have somebody to look up to and somebody to inspire them to practice and somebody to help them you know, have a target for their visualizations and just like the athletes do you know like what kind of world would we live in if it was okay to explore our full power as divine human beings because if you didn't know this already you are a divine human being you being incarnated as a human being in this moment with divine source spark inside your meat body right now that has you listening to my show that has me sitting here spouting honestly I'm not going to remember what I say after this episode because that's just how it happens I just a freaking stream of consciousness rant at you guys but 
we are all part of this source spark and I don't remember where I was going with this, but you are a divine being and I think that that's where I was going with this is that if you don't know this, you are a divine being. You are God incarnated in a human. You are as Jesus Christ who was God incarnated in a human body. I mean, Jesus is like his whole other thing, this whole Christ consciousness thing, which we could probably talk about in another episode. But that is something that I'm still learning about is like working with Jesus as a an energy more so than the object of worship, which is what I was raised to do with Jesus. But we are all Jesus. We are all God incarnated in a human body. And what people want to tell you is that God is, is that you are separate from God, you know, that God hates what you are. And if you don't follow God's rules, then you will never see the kingdom of heaven. Meanwhile, the kingdom of heaven is all around you. If only you would be happy. If only you would do the things that made you feel good and made you feel joy. If all of us did things instead of doing what society told us to do, if all of us spent our entire lives dedicated to one thing and that was to live every day joyously, what a world we would live in. What a world we would live in, you guys. We do not live joyously, but this, the joy, is something that we are bringing into the new earth. As all of these systems collapse in 2020 and over the next four years, as all of these things break and change, we get to build the new world and we get to decide what is in it. We get to decide that joy is a pillar of our everyday needs in our in our new society. Drink something, please. Oh, my mouth is so dry. Okay. You're a divine being. I am a divine being. We are divine stardust here. Incarnated. In this life, on this earth, heaven is all around you. If only you would be happy, you would, you would already be in the state that religion has promised you that is in heaven. And um, it's hard, you guys. It's so fucking hard because the rest of society all around us wants to tell us that if we, especially here living in the United States and in the Western world, like if you get your job, if you go to college and get a job and grind and, you know, you live like this standard boring life, that you'll get everything that you need. And that's simply not true. It's simply not true. It's not a way to work. It's not a way to thrive. And it's, I don't know. I think that human's natural state is success. If everything is in balance and you are truly living in your flow, success comes to you. You will have everything you need. But we live in a society that, 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 that uh, corrals us into the workforce, the capital W workforce. And it strips us of our power and tells us that all of our value and all of our worth is in what we can produce. And that simply is not true. 
So if we can do this radical thing and just learn to be joyful, then no matter no matter what pandemic is happening outside, no matter what political rift is happening in your family, no matter I don't know what no insert crazy thing that happened. No matter what murder hornet is coming to kill your local bees. If if you learn how to choose joy at every moment, you will find you will find that there you will just be joyous. I mean, that's it. You will just be joyous. And who doesn't want to be joyous? This is still something I'm learning, for sure. Um, This is something I'm processing. Obviously, this is why we're here. And I do feel like I've I've had these thoughts before. I don't know if you can tell how, like, passionate and convicted I am about some of this shit, but I am. And I am, I think that was a big part of 2020 for me, was just unlearning a lot of programs that were put on me as a kid or just grow, as a person, just growing up and understanding that those programs, that energy, that way of thinking is not my way of thinking. And it's even, it's been, it's, it's allowed me to regain a pulse, like regain connection onto things like, do I even like something, you know, do I even like I don't know. What's something that I was thinking about? Do I even like chocolate? Yes, I do like chocolate. But that was something that was, that was definitely a program that was put on to me because my mom loves chocolate. So it was like, oh, you don't like chocolate? You're crazy. So that was something I actually kind of tested recently. It was like, do I actually like chocolate as much as I thought I do? I do. I do. I really like chocolate. Um, any oh, birthday cake birthday cake you guys I don't like cake I'm really I mean okay there's some cakes that are great I'm always down to try somebody's cake but I have eaten way too many pieces of cake that I have not wanted to eat in in my life because it's like you're supposed to in order to be respectful of the person who made the cake you eat the cake but what if I don't like the cake? What if I don't want the cake? You're really going to force me to eat this fucking cake just to make your own, just to make you feel better? I have to eat this, I have to force myself to eat this cake to make you feel better because even though I don't want it, that's, that doesn't make any sense. That is putting so much power into the other person's hands. When all I can, all I need to say is no, thank you. No, thank you. I'm not eating cake right now. No, thank you. I don't like cake. It's enough to just not like cake. You know? So we are spending 2021 re-establishing relationships with ourselves. We are spending 2021 um, expanding as a person and um, shedding the thing, the energies, the things that are not ours, that are not mine. I release it and... I choose, I'm choosing to move forward to, and with like joy in mind as number one. And this isn't to say like shit's not going to suck. Of course shit's going to suck. 
is 2021. Shit's going to suck. Shit sucks right now. But that doesn't mean that I can't find joy in the freaking baby food in my baby's hair because he swatted my hand and just makes a huge mess. You know, that's that's funny. Yeah, I'm going to have to clean it up. Yeah, I'm going to have to clean him up. But you know what? It's funny and it's cute. And he's learning how to use his hands in a new way. You know, it's like, that's the joy. There's this, um, hold on, drink something. There's this, um, uh, there's this Egyptian mystery teaching where the, where you have, okay, hold on. Let me back up. This is going to be way more relatable. When Harry Potter deals with dementors when anybody in Harry Potter deals with dementors the whole thing or I guess it's when you when you cast a Patronus spell the whole thing is that you have to find a moment of pure happiness hold on to that moment let it fill you let it expand through your body and uh harness it into this expecto Patronus spell uh expecto Patronum spell it's the Patronus charm expecto patronum is the incantation so it's this spell you you have you fuel it with your joy you fuel it with happiness and uh that's that's the piece that we need is that you fuel it with your happiness there's an egyptian mystery teaching that we've been learning um that is also fueled with happiness so the more joy you have the more power you can you have because you there's more power that you can put into your energy because when you live in joy you're living in flow and you're just happy and you use this happiness to fill you up and you burst it forth like ener- more energy into the cosmos and when you're doing magic you get to direct that energy in whatever way you choose but at the end of the day your magic is your joy your power is your joy so be joyful find joy in all of the moments and um yeah just remember to find your joy i guess that's the crux of today's episode i didn't know where we were going today i was just like let's sit down and talk and i like what came out I feel like we all need a reminder to find our joy, find joy in the little things, find joy in the big things, find the lesson in the failure, find the joy. I love you guys, and I am so thankful you're here listening to me. I know I'm just talking into a microphone, but I literally like feel the potential aura of whoever is on the other side of this mic. And just know that I appreciate you. Just know that I love you. And I challenge you to find three pieces of joy this week. Today. As soon as you listen to this. Right now. Think of three pieces of joy. Because I'm going to close this podcast off. When I'm done, pause whatever you're going to distract yourself with next. Just hit stop. And find three pieces of joy in your life that can just fuel your heart and make your body sing. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you next time. Bye.